0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of A Trophy Life, the official podcast of the Naismith Awards here in Atlanta. This is Bob Rathman, bidding you welcome. And coming up this week, a conversation with our good friend Jeff Goodman of the Field of 68, a very entertaining conversation with Jeff as he gets you set up for March Madness, and March is here. That uh, interview with Jeff coming up in just a moment. We would like to begin the podcast sending out our condolences to the family of Terry Holland. The longtime Virginia head coach and athletic director passed away this past week. And Terry Holland was a tremendous friend. Uh, I got to know Terry quite well as he was my broadcast partner on Raycom Games for the ACC. But prior to that, of course, you all got to know him as one of the legendary coaches in college basketball. His time at Virginia was outstanding with Ralph Sampson. He coached our Jersey Mike's Naismith Men's Player of the Year to three consecutive Naismith trophies. And Coach Holland had such a great career. He began as an assistant coach under Lefty Drizel at Davidson and later succeeded Lefty as the head man in Davidson, went to UVA and carved out a marvelous career there, not only as head coach, but also athletic director and moved later to East Carolina as AD. A great gentleman, a great mentor and a tremendous coach. And we will miss him dearly on the court. The UCLA Bruins defeated Colorado in Boulder on Sunday and, In so doing, clinch the Pac-12 regular season championship. Now keep your eye on the Bruins. They will play host to Arizona State on Thursday night. And UCLA has won 23 consecutive games at Pauley Pavilion. And that is the longest active home court winning streak in the nation. Speaking of winning at home, John Shire has done something that no coach in ACC history has ever done. In his first season as the head coach of the Duke Blue Devils, John Shire guided Duke to an undefeated season at Cameron Indoor Stadium. This is the first time an ACC coach has done that in his first season at the helm. Now, Duke has won five in a row and looking pretty good. They finished their regular season at Carolina in the traditional Ender in Chapel Hill. That's coming up this weekend, of course, and then it's on to the ACC tournament. But the big game in the ACC is in Carl Gables on Saturday night when number 25 Pitt has a chance to wrap up the ACC regular season title. Jeff Capel has done an incredible job turning that Pitt program around. They have won 20 of their last 25 games now before they get to Miami they have to go to Notre Dame and win to set up the big game with the Canes but Pitt is back in the national rankings at number 25 for the first time since January 11th of 2016 and we'll keep an eye on Pitt this week as they close on the road but what a job that Jeff Capel has done turning that Pitt Panther program around. Dawn Staley's South Carolina women, number one, of course, uh, with a bullet. Uh, They are untouchable, it seems, at 29-0, the top seed in the SEC women's tournament that gets underway. South Carolina will start play in that tournament on Friday. And did you see the end of the Iowa and Indiana game last weekend in Iowa City? Caitlin Clark hit a three at the buzzer as Iowa won that game 86-85, and Clark was unbelievable, had 34 points, nine rebounds, and nine assists in that game. It was a topsy-turvy week for the women. 15 ranked teams lost last week. But it just sets up more of what we love, March Madness, and the craziness is about to get underway. We'll talk about it with Jeff Goodman as we continue on the Naismith Podcast in just a moment. After this, from Jersey Mike's. Did you know Jersey Mike's subs freshly slices the meat right in front of you? It's a Jersey Mike's thing. And did you know I, Danny DeVito, invented the unicycle? The first statement about fresh slicing at Jersey Mike's is true, while the second statement about the unicycle cannot be accurate because Mr. DeVito wasn't alive in 1870. I also invented the time machine. I don't have the energy necessary, therefore I make no further comment. Uh, checkmate. (sighs) Why did I become a fast-talking legal voice? Sliced right in front of you. It's a Jersey Mike's thing. A sub above. Always a pleasure to catch up with Jeff Goodman, and he is everywhere these days. Uh, if you're not a subscriber to the Field of 68, catching up with Jeff and his crew on the podcast on Sirius XM Radio, shame on you. Because it is a daily happening, the up-to-date news on social media and online. It's just fantastic. And he's such a good friend of the Naismith Awards. We're thrilled to have him on to talk hoop as we come down the stretch. Jeff Goodman, how are you, sir?
1: Bob, always good to be on with you. I know this is a, a little bit later than we usually do it, but uh, th- the good thing is, you know what? I got about five weeks left, and uh, and then uh, you know, the season, then I can turn my attention fully to NBA. So that'll be good. But uh, but yeah, it's been a, an interesting season. You know, very. We say it's 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 been wide open the last few years. This is probably uh, the most wide open it's ever been because of the transfer portal. And NIL, the movement, the extra COVID year, it's been crazy. I mean, you look at the Blue Bloods that are, that are struggling, right? Kentucky, Carolina, Duke hasn't been great. A lot of the Blue Bloods have struggled this year. And again, I think a lot of it is, is due to the portal. Based on what
0: they've done, though, in the past couple of weeks, do you see Duke and Kentucky making a late run to this
1: thing? Why not? I mean, there's no great team. There's no great. Purdue is the best team most of the year, or a lot of the year. And they've, they've really struggled lately, and they've got freshman guards, and I'm sure we'll talk about Zach Eady here in a minute. He's been awesome, but yep. he needs help. Alabama is going through their share of issues off the court that I'm not sure I trust that all those freshmen are going to be able to kind of keep their heads straight and, and deal with the distractions that they're going to face as and go into the postseason. I love Houston, but they've played in kind of a mid-majorish league this year, the AAC. Uh, you know, Kansas, we trust Phil Self. We know that. But, like, do they have enough offense? Everybody's got questions. Everybody this year, which is, is fun in a way because it gives a Kentucky, a Duke, even a Gonzaga that people think is really down, and they are from what they've been the last couple of years. Somebody asked me today, they said, can Gonzaga win the title? I said, listen, I, I think a lot of these teams could win the title because I just – I don't think there's anybody overpowering.
0: You mentioned at the start of our talk here about the transfer portal and NIL. Of course, we love college basketball through and through. I'm still having a hard time getting my arms around all this, i got to admit. How about you?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm in it a little bit more than you, so I, I've, I've, I've probably gotten uh, now worn down by it. But it is, it is interesting. I mean, I am you know have a, do an interview with Oscar Chibwey. And it used to be, you know, i do an interview with Oscar Shiba, and, you know, I'd be making a lot more money than him, but now he's making a lot more money than me. Uh, So it's it's very interesting to to figure out. And, you know, some of these kids have handled it better than others, right? Um, Some are doing their own podcast, Hunter Dickinson at Michigan, doing a podcast with Barstool. Um, You know, I'm waiting for the day, Bob, that a kid's going to get onto the podium post-game. And the SID's going to ask him to get up there, and he's going to say, all right, well, how much you you paying me?
0: Or take his endorsed soft drink and put
1: it on the podium. <laughs> no, it's going to get there. It's just a matter of, of when, right? Well, let's talk about our awards.
0: Uh, you mentioned Zach Eadie. Let's first talk about the Jersey Mike's Naismith Men's Player of the Year. Zach's been the pole position holder all season. Uh, what's your crystal ball look like for your top five?
1: Yeah, it's, it, I mean, Zach Eadie's been number one. Really, most of the season. I mean, it's been crazy. You know, we we'll go in with the defending national player of the year, uh, Oscar Shibwe. And, and he's been good, but he came out of the gate slow because, you know, he was hurt with a knee injury a little bit. And just they haven't been great. Uh, so I, I would say, and, and Zach Eady's story, for those who don't know, is is absolutely amazing. I mean, this kid's only been playing basketball for less than six years. He was a baseball player. I wrote the story earlier this season, hockey player growing up in Canada, thought he was going to be a a first baseman or a pitcher. And then, uh, you know, all of a sudden somebody spots him uh, just kind of messing around playing hoop. And next thing you know, he's down at IMG Academy in Florida, goes to Purdue, was thinking about redshirting. Matt Harms uh, transfers, Painter plays him. And three years later now, he's the best player in the country. Uh, So Edie clearly number one. Trace Jackson Davis from Indiana made up a lot of ground. He really has. He's been everybody as good as Zach in Big Ten play. He just wasn't as good as Zach uh, in in the knockoff conference. But Trace has been awesome. Um, Mike Woodson's done an incredible job with him. And then I think the other three, you know, you probably got Jalen Wilson at Kansas, but he's slowed down a little bit. Brandon Miller at Alabama, he's been great, but he's got some uh, off-court issues that have plagued him lately. Um, drew Timmy's been good again at Gonzaga to has been good. I would say the two locks are Zach eating and Trace Jackson Davis. Those are the two. You have to have them. Everybody's going to have them on their first team. All American, everybody after that, it gets a little bit dicey with Jalen Wilson. Probably I'd have on there. Timmy, Brandon Miller. Those are three guys that, that I would, that I would certainly, uh, and to Those those would be the the four. I might choose three of those.
0: Does the fact that IU beat Purdue twice factor into your voting
1: concerns? It's not going to put Trace ahead of Edie. It's yeah. not going to because Purdue is going to win the league. Right. So I know they beat him twice, and, and but I I still think Zach Edie has been so consistently good all year long. He has not had a bad night. Let me. You mentioned Sheeby
0: and it his second half in the first Georgia game, and since that time when Kentucky roared back to win that game, and since that point, shebway has gone crazy. And, of course, it's coincided with Kentucky playing great basketball. But, you know, where's that been all year? I mean, he is a phenomenal talent, and we just kept waiting. I know the injury concerns, et cetera, et cetera. But, boy, he has flat-out turned it on,
1: Jeff. How that team was constructed didn't help him. You know, they were playing Severe Wheeler early, who you know started his career at Georgia, kind of a non-shooting point guard, and Jacob Toppin at the four, kind of a non-shooting foreman. So you're putting three guys out there that really don't shoot it well. So you're, you're making it very difficult for Oscar. He doesn't have enough room to operate. Everybody's packing in on him. Again, he's not healthy. He missed a good portion of the preseason. So I, I think it just took him time. And then they started playing the shooters a little bit more. C.J. Frederick and Antonio Reeves. Frederick's hurt now, but uh, that, that's, the spacing was better. You know, you can't play three guys in, in 2023 in any level of basketball together that can't shoot. You just can't do it.
0: Let's switch to the uh, Warner Ladder Naismith Men's Coach of the Year. And first, I wanted to just ask you, Jeff, philosophically, how do you view voting for a national coach
1: of the year? So I traditionally almost always pick somebody that overachieves. You know, you could pick Kelvin Sampson, and, and I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. You know, everybody pick Houston in the top three, five in the preseason, and they're number one right now. So I have no problem if you want to do that. I just tend to give somebody credit for something that we did not expect. That that that's more fun for me. You know, so if you look at my list, that's all it is. It's littered with guys that you just that are having unbelievable years that that weren't expected to be up there. And so what's your list look like? Shock is smart, number one. They were picked ninth in the Big East at Marquette. Shock has done an incredible job. He's finally found a home. And and here's a crazy stat. Shock is smart is likely going to win his first conference title. Never won one of ECU. Obviously, never won one. Struggled a lot at at Texas. Uh, They're going to win the Big East. You know, a Big East that you know we thought Creighton was going to dominate. Xavier was really good early. Creighton, I mean, uh, uh, UConn came out of the gate strong, and they were number one, I think, at one point. So, Marquette, he's done a great job. To me, I'd have him at number one today. I'd probably have Matt Painter's still up there. I know they've struggled, but they weren't in my preseason top 25. He's done a great job with them. Jerome Tang at Kansas State. They are picked down the bottom of the Big 12, and they're a lock for the NCAA tournament. They're 22-7 and seven right now. He's done a great job. Rodney Terry, who's taken over after Chris Beard was fired at Texas, and has got Texas to where they're, they have a chance. They're not going to win the Big 12 regular season title, but they're right there, and they play Kansas in the final game. They're right there. And then you got to have one mid-major guy. I went down to Boca Raton recently and saw Dusty May at FAU. They're going to be the only team from a one-bid league that's really going to get an automatic bid, I think. Charleston's close, but I don't know if they're going to get it. So even if FAU doesn't win the Conference USA tournament, I think they're going to get in as as, as at-large. And Dusty... That job is tough. Other than the fact that you're right by the beach, which is awesome, <laughs> their their facilities are not good. Their resources are not good. Uh, I have one guy tell me he coached there about 20 years ago, and he said I went there recently. It was like going back into a time warp. Nothing had changed. <laughs> Nothing had changed. Zero. But
0: stories like that are what make college basketball. Yes. You know they yes. these players, coaches. These teams come out of nowhere. You never, you know, it was like John ja Morant back in the day and all this stuff. Not that That's Murray right. doesn't have a great yep. history and tradition, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, it just They just come out of nowhere. And it may have been on Field of 68 or either written or in a podcast or something, but Shaka was saying he would have never left VCU
1: had the AD not changed.
0: And yeah. think what his That's life right. would have been like if he'd still be in Richmond.
1: Yep. No, that was his guy, and he left, and that was the one who hired him um yeah from a thing called Villa seven uh hired him and then the ad went to minnesota and was fired fairly shortly thereafter
0: jeff goodman this is great uh this is your time of year buddy we're not going to talk
1: any hawks i you know now we'll we'll save that for the playoffs. all right we, we got to do it because uh Hey, there's a lot going on your way. There's a lot going on your way right now.
0: But, you know, speaking of college coaches who have made it to the pros,
1: the Hawks today
0: announced Quinn Snyder as their new head coach. And you think about his days at Missouri. And I remember after his second year at Missouri, Wake Forest had an opening. And they were talking to Quinn pretty seriously. And... It was like, could he come back to the ACC and go against Coach K? I'll have to ask him about that.
1: Yeah, Quinn's. Quinn's somebody should write a book about Quinn's career. What a story, huh? Amazing. I mean, right? Didn't he have to coach in, in Russia? Didn't he yeah. go to, like, right? Yeah,
0: he was in the G League. You know, he was yeah. down at Austin. Yeah, um, yeah he went yeah. to Cheska Moscow um, Amazing.
1: moved around, got a chance it'd with, it'd be a great book. Yeah. Cause yeah, he's kind of, and again, done a great job. I hope he does a good job there in Atlanta. I, yeah. I, I really like the, I like the players down there a lot. Um, with the Hawks, you know, I, I was upset that they traded Kevin Herter, one of my favorite kids.
0: I know mine too.
1: Awesome. Awesome kid. Right. Like one of, one of the best and is really thriving over there in, in Sacramento now. So good. Good for him, you know, good good to see that. And, uh, but, yeah, Sadiq Beg, DeAndre Hunter, one of the best, one of the best, one of the most underrated players, period, because he just does everything.
0: Well, Jeff, thank you. And I uh, really, uh, getting the field of 68 Daily is a joy to, to listen to the podcast and hear you on SiriusXM. And your podcast in Boston with Bob Ryan and, and Gary Tangway is great. So we thank you, Thanks. and uh, we really do
1: appreciate you stopping by. No, thanks for having me, Bob. Appreciate it, and uh, be well. We'll talk soon.
0: That's going to do it for this week. Fasten your seatbelts. Here we go. March Madness has arrived. For all of us at the Naismith Awards in Atlanta, this is Bob Rathbun thanking you for joining us. We'll see you right here next week.